0: Log Talk Radio.
1: the Friday night edition of the Pajama Party. I'm one of your host, Papa D. I'm your kettle. Hello. And red wine.
2: Bonsoir, darling.
1: What's
3: going
4: on?
2: Happy Friday. And for those of the Irish persuasion, happy mm-hmm. St. Patrick's
4: Day. For mm-hmm.
1: sure. Yeah, St. Yeah. Patty's Day.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Back in the day, I
0: used it's to hang up so in New high. York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the oh,
1: there's a day I used to go out when I wanted to, you know, chase some uh, gray girls, you know. Oh. You
2: don't
1: oh, say okay. white. The code was gray, so you say gray girls, you know. <laughs> you know, you don't say white. You don't you don't blatantly say white, you know. Oh, okay. I'm from a certain generation, so you gotta keep it under wraps. You
3: just told the secret, then. <laughs> hmm.
1: Well, I don't think they use that term anymore, but uh
2: I just call them out.
1: Oh, yeah, you're looking for a drunk white girl. This is the perfect night to do it. St. Yeah. Patrick's Day.
2: they out there anyway. drinking that green beer and all.
1: Yeah, they're drinking everything. <laughs> anyway.
2: All right, so.
1: Well, we're live in the studio, so, uh Hey, you know.
2: hey. So, let's get it cracking.
1: All right, my initial question, this may be a little controversial, but being I'm here with uh, two ladies of the female persuasion, I'm going to mess with y'all here for a minute.
2: All right. So be honest
1: with this. Be honest with this. Come on
2: with it. What's on your mind?
1: You got the seatbelt on?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Um, now, first of all, let's differentiate that there's two type of, not two types, but there's two different levels of men in the world. You know, you have white men, traditional white men, let's say the, uh, you know, white men. Shit. Well, how else can I put it? And then you have men of color or black men itself. Now, the comparison to women, it seems that it's getting kind of uh, depleted with the men of color and black men really losing ground in all aspects. And uh, I'm saying that to say that lately, you know, when they say this is uh, Women's Month, Mm -hmm. the commercials have been so blatant when they show like let's say cbs for example and this is nationally and locally in different places they say you know you'll have a female anchor young lady saying well i'm an anchor woman on such and such but there's a lot of other women behind the scenes and they start showing like 25 30 women now i'm saying that because i know there's only en- enough spots available for jobs you know what i mean and they're going all to engineering and this and this and this and that but I'm speaking on the the aspect when they eradicated a lot of people who were you know predators, you know different people like uh Matt Lowry and you know remember all the white boys that they got rid of at one time, but you know, a lot of that stuff didn't include black men, and black men were light in the in the the whole scheme of things from the beginning. And it seems like when people say the word men, they're talking about men in general. But but when it comes to white collar, there's not a lot of black men in that title that they're saying, men. And when they say that men are making much more money than women, well, you ain't talking about black men. You know, most of my brothers, my black brothers out there, they're blue collar workers. You know, they're sanitation workers. You see people out there picking up trash on trash day. Those are the brothers, you know what I mean. Different people doing any kind of job, they gotta do any kind of so-called ratchetness or whatever. Are brothers. So when the corporate world talks about how the the women are here and the women are, and I'm not, I'm not advocating anything about putting women in any kind of particular, but I'm not putting, I'm not no putting the no sympathy level up either. I'm not bitching up either. But I'm just saying the fact that don't you think that we need to bring more of a balance? of the men of color and black men, black in the back, in the mix, before we go all in with the whole, uh, I think Beyonce had a song, uh, Who Runs the World, you know, and all that jazz. I understand all that. But it's getting to the point when you couple that with baby baby mama drama and other things that are keeping a noose on the black man's neck. How far are we getting pushed back? Because we're really trying to make progress. And I'm only speaking on black men and men of color. I ain't speaking about none of the rest of these monkeys out here, believe me. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that when you start trying to hold up ladies, and you can hold up ladies for sure, but we can't forget about the brothers of color that, like, already got the noose on our damn neck as it is. And the more you hype up other people, because even though you, when you say hype up women... The white women are going to jump out in front of the sisters anyway, unless the sisters get an opportunity, because, hell, we still got sisters being the first whatever in 2023. Oh, she's the first, we got our first black Supreme Court woman. You know what I mean? So we're late in the game like, like like crazy. So when we keep putting or not boosting up black men in the name of thinking we are boosting up women, it it could be a charade because these white women will come in and just, you can they are gonna take a mile. So the, question, the lead question tonight is: as we lift up women and put them in all kind of jobs and positions and all that, and that's cool. Don't get me wrong. But for those of the women out there who have sons and brothers with degrees and nephews and people that are young brothers that are coming up in college, it getting to the point now in the white collar world where are they gonna go? If we keep saying that, I mean, the world needs to be a little more mixed with everybody and, and stop putting when you say men, white men and black men ain't got the same level. We not swimming on the same turf. We if we in the ocean, we on two different waves all together. But the, oh, men are making more than women. When it comes to black men, that's bullshit. You know? And I can attest to it. You know, being a person of a certain age, been in that whole market of salary by year so the question is do we need to start lifting up the black man as well or do we going to keep saying you know women rule the world because you're not talking about black women in all actuality we say women you're talking about everybody mm. so i didn't mean to make that so complicated but can i say what i'm saying where i'm coming mm-hmm. from what do you think about that mm. that's that's
2: a complicated one I handle it. I, I do think that it should be a more balanced playing field, and that is the reality, at least that I have seen. I don't know how deep or wide it goes, but I have observed that in in many cases that, you know, you don't always see black men moving up the ranks the way white men, white women, and black women are mm. moving up the ranks. Exactly. So... I don't know what we can do about it, but I won't say it's not true. So I, I, that's all all I can say. I think it should be, you know, fair. It should be level. But obviously it's not. W- what do you say, Kev?
3: Um, uh, well, you know, maybe these jobs that uh, Papa Diddy thinks that the black men should move up in, maybe... Black men are choosing different positions, different jobs. Because I'm just giving an example, like the the, the traffic things outside and the construction. It used to be a black men. Now all you see is Hispanic. So maybe the table's attorney and the black men are seeking other types of uh, work um, besides the ones that they used to do. Um, you know, the black men used to be, the, you know, so to speak, the breadwinner. Now, you know, um, as you said, you know, women, not really world, but, I mean, that's not my, my perspective on it, but I'm just saying we're getting more in that capacity because um, there are more opportunities for us. And also, too, maybe there's not a lot of opportunities for black men, like you said, Bob, you know, um, or they're choosing um, different avenues to make money. Because um, I see a lot of... Um, Black men, now, I listen to quite a few webinars online, so maybe they're doing something different. Um, Maybe they're selling houses. I see a lot of black men selling homes. Um They're making money. I mean, they're doing things online and making money in that restaurant. So they could be moving up the ladder, but probably just in different positions or, or different jobs. You know, um, because times have changed. It's not like the you know, the average man goes out he was nine to five and he comes home, bring, you know, carry his lunch box, go do what he gonna do and come home. Um, you know, things have changed. It's they're different jobs, I think. Okay. Well,
2: there's three different points. <laughs> well, huh?
1: well, just just to comment on what you were saying, Kettle, um, I I don't think that we're, we're going in different areas. I don't think there's an up, up escalator or down escalator for us. Because I'm talking about the young black men that are in all these HBCUs. They're looking forward to degrees. And a lot of them have degrees in journalism. So what I was saying initially, and I'm not picking on you at all. Don't get me wrong what I'm saying. Um, when, when I look at TV and I see CBS, like I said, and they're talking about there's a lot of women behind the scenes. And they're showing the engineering department and all this stuff, places that there are men, young men in college that are about to get a degree for that particular craft. Mm-hmm. And if that craft is already geared toward women and have that whole woman and not even consciously doing that. And I'm saying I'm not saying they're doing it. They could be doing it so unconsciously that the pearly gates is open. On the on the female level, and it could be open from the whole thing with the Matt Lowry's and all the people they got rid of back then. So now they're gonna say, okay, well, let's change all this, change all that, you know. And I just think it needs a place. Just like for example on CBS, the guy in the morning, what's his name? Uh, uh, Nate. Nate. Nate mm-hmm. Burleson. Nate. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know if you watch Steve Bright. Nate. Nate is mm-hmm. an exception to the rule. There's a lot of black men that can sit. And how did Nate get the job? Nate got in there by chance. He was an NFL player, first of all. The same as what's the the brother with the, the gap in his teeth? Strahan. Uh, Strahan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Strahan is no, is no uh, Nate. I think Nate has a little more flavor when it comes to overall, you know, knowledge of the world kind of thing. But uh, And I'm mm-hmm. using them guys as examples. Like, why can't mm-hmm. we be in there like everybody else? Why do we got to go to, mm-hmm. like you said, Kettle, why we got to go to the to the, the, the blue collar
5: mm-hmm.
1: and all that jazz? And who the hell is making the rules anyway? And if you're kicking out white men and you're bringing in a bunch of women... And one more thing I'll comment on before we move on with our show. I always feel like there's two different levels of things out there. When people say the breadwinner, you got a breadwinner and then you have a provider. Okay? And those are two different aspects altogether. Now, if ladies want to come and start making a lot more money... And be a breadwinner can you also be a provider because that's a whole nother ballgame you know what I mean mm-hmm. a b- provider means that your mind is always on giving a shit if you want to give a, 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 a ratchet meaning for the word provider that means that you are always giving a shit about the tires the car the house whatever you you always concerned about this shit you're trying to make sure this is right got the money to get groceries blah blah blah, blah. breadwinners are people that are making the most fucking money and they may be bringing in nice shit, but are you sustaining shit by being a provider? And our our lines are open, you know, um, 914-803-4306. If you're you're listening to us by phone, press the 1, and you'll be uh, putting a cue to go on the line. But we're going to first go to our lineup for tonight. That was our initial uh, question, and it's still wide open as far as I'm concerned, but... uh, hopefully we can balance it out. Uh, Kettle, you want to give the audience uh, our rundown for tonight?
3: Sure, I'm ready. Right. All right. All right. We're going to start with uh, In Focus. Arkansas State approves bill banning affirmative action. Also, judge uses slavery law to rule frozen embryos in property, our property. And black man found dead in Mississippi Falls Lynch. Also, our cocktail of the week. Uh, what's popping with Papa Didi? I'm quite sure he has more to talk about. Our weird news—we have to lighten it up. Uh, State says Louisiana family must give up beloved pet Notoria. Uh, also, vehicle crashes in airport terminal, driver is charged, and cocaine cat escape owner will now live in the zoo. Um, I'm just saying, with red wine, traffic stops are hazardous for black folks. Also, Living for the City with Papa Didi, My Hollywood Wrap-Up, The Kissing List, and of course, The Last Word. So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with In Focus.
2: Hey, this is Red Wine, just doing a few promos for the Pajama Party Adult Online Radio Talk Show. You know how we do it. PJs only. No clothes allowed. And I was just trying to get this done. Hey, Red Wine, are you talking about the Pajama
1: Party? Where we talk about hot topics, movie reviews, living for the city, and what's popping with me about eating.
3: I know you guys aren't doing this by without me. Shout out the yellow top. Did you tell everybody that um, they can reach us at com or call us live? 914 803
2: Check us out on Twitter. And don't forget to hit the list. Okay, now is the time for me to sing. Oh, baby, beep baby. We don't have time for all that. What sing? Let's
0: get back to it.
1: All right, welcome back to the John Party One Host Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine.
2: So, so darling. All right. Shift gears, we're going in focus. And Kettle, we're gonna go to you first. Uh what are you focused on tonight?
3: Let's see, let's see. Arkansas. Oh, interesting state. The <laughs> Senate approves the bill banning affirmative action. Y'all remember affirmative action way back when? Was that 20, 25 years ago that we had to enforce that law? Um, Yeah. So uh, despite warnings, the decision would jeopardize various programs, including support for historically black colleges and health initiatives. Uh, The majority Republican Senate advanced the legislation by a vote from 18 to 12. The measure outlaws pre-fraternal um, treatment based on race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin. Um, state Senator Dan Sullivan, he's a white Republican, claimed that his plan, which allows state agencies two years to comply, aims to combat discrimination. Okay. Public schools and higher education facilities will also be subject to this legislation. Um, However, opponents of the bill claim it could jeopardize several local and state initiatives if passed. In addition to health programs and those for minorities and women entrepreneurs, uh, Democratic State Senator Linda uh, Chesterfield worries it could also impact efforts and enterprises that categorize disabled veterans as a specific group. The Arkansas move also comes as the U.S. Supreme Court instead as a challenge to admission policies at the uh, University of North Carolina in Harvard, which use race as one of many criteria to ensure diverse student population. So they use that, they have at least one or two uh, of us there. Interesting. Affirmative action is a collection of policies intended to end discrimination against applicants, address the efforts of such discrimination in the past, And stop such discrimination in the future. Uh, What do you guys think about this? (laughs) Uh, Sounds
2: like a hot mess to me. You know, this is these people coming up with these bills and stuff. They they write them in a certain way, but the people that are paying attention, who vote against it, are reading between the lines and they understand exactly what it is that these people are trying to do. And then they come back and say stuff like, oh, well, that wasn't the intent. Well, it might not have been allegedly your intention, but if that's what it does, it's a problem. So if I'm understanding correctly, are you saying that it would ban uh, being able to make judgments for organizations and things for the schools, for colleges and stuff that have anything to do with if it's a woman's club, a black club, Jewish club, Mm -hmm. Asian American club, fraternities, anything that basically is not like open to everybody. That's what it sounds like. So you can't even have, you know, your organizations that are specifically there to support different pockets of people That want to focus on either their culture their background or their you know specific interest I don't understand like why is this such a problem for us yeah I mean but it doesn't just affect black people it would ban everything like I said if you are the Jewish something culture group it would knock that out too because they're saying if it has anything to do with diversity what was the other one inclusion all of that when you start targeting any particular group, and that's why I say sometimes they come up with this stuff because they think it's going to just impact certain people like us, and then they don't right. realize. Okay, if you're going after groups, you got to go after everybody. You can't just say because uh, you would ha- you would be blatantly labeled as racist and hateful. If you said, well, we're gonna ban black organizations, but everybody else can still have their money for their clubs and whatnot, because these organizations, as far as I know, they get some kind of funding from the school to do what they do on campus. So when you start going into saying, well, we're gonna take that away and ban it, now that takes away the money. That keeps them from, even if they were to use their own money, they're saying, okay, well, if they get away with this, you can't even do certain things on campus because it will be considered against whatever school policy. They need to just stop. I think there's enough things that Congress should be focusing on, and this isn't one of them.
4: That's my opinion. Mm. Come on, Bob.
1: Break it down, for Come I know you got some words. this coming. <laughs> well, well, let me say this here. First of all, you got to remember people's backgrounds, the people in Congress, the people who have been there for years. And a lot of people are, you know, the word influencer, and they use that a lot on the Internet now, people being influencers. But a lot of people were influenced by their, their grandmothers and grandfathers, a lot of these hillbilly white folks. You know, just like a lot of people of us that that honor our mother and father's words and all that. But the thing about our mother's and father's word, it came from truth and honesty, and came from a reliable source. But a lot of these, a lot of these other hillbillies are living in a, you know, they're they're living in a loop. Whatever Grandpapa told them back in the hills in Mississippi is what they're passing on to people in Kentucky and everywhere else. And what I said when I said us, meaning that anything that they stop that has to do with diversity, it's going to affect us the strongest. Even though, like, like let's say welfare, for example. If you think black people are the only people on welfare, I got news for you, okay? Well, you got Asians. You got every every group of people is on welfare. But we're the most visible welfare, where they, they see us. Our neighborhoods of folks, I remember that girl, uh, remember remember uh, Soledad O'Brien. That oh, yeah. did that that piece on CNN called Black Folks in America.
5: Mm-hmm. That
1: was the most disrespectful bullshit that woman could have done. She's not even on CNN now. Now she's on some internet channel, or whatever. But she had the nerve to go in and tell all our all our secrets and all our shit. Mm. I'm like, what gives you the nerve with your little light bright half breed looking ass? Like you know black people so well. What she does know black people, but she projects the image of a white woman where she can get into the newsroom and the, and the corporate world and all that. But she's going to get up there and just show our neighborhood in the core. But, you know, the whole world is a ghetto, and that's what, you know, war said a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And if you go into the depths of anybody's area, even if you go up here to uh, Corporate Christian, what's it called? Uh, not Corporate Christian, uh, Chevy Chase. Maryland, where they got a little bit of money at up there. Mm -hmm. You're going to the depths of that. You're going to find a homeless joker up in there, but they're not going to take the the cameras that deep into those areas up there. But, you know, she just put it all in our face. And I'm saying all that to say that we always get the, you know, the meat of it. That's why they deny it because they know we're going to get the most out of it. And so in order to keep us out of the corporate world, Take away the shit that's gonna boost us up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now they know they ain't gotta be threatened by what's coming. You know, just like the situation with Amy. What's her name? Uh, Amy,
2: the oh, girl was, with CJ and TJ. CJ T. 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 and Amy. What's her
1: name? Amy Rob
2: Rob Rob, Yeah, that.
1: the ones on ABC. That was uh, the black man was. I ain't gonna say screwing her, but he was he was dating his coworker, and they got rid of them off. You already said
3: it, like.
1: right? <laughs> okay, and, right. But what gets me too is why are you getting rid of them when you thinking what makes you think that Amy and that black guy are the only ones in the media on TV together that are fucking? I don't understand that. What makes you, you know what I mean?
5: Yeah.
1: The law of average, and I'm not just saying heterosexual. Mm-hmm. You know, there could be gay people on the set that that you don't even know is gay, let alone know they fucking. So well, there it is. You know what I'm saying? So, but you get rid of him because he. T.J. was linked in with the, as, as white men think, maybe he's black and got a nice dick. And why is he fucking this white woman with that black nice dick? That's the mindset that goes on with them. That's why they got rid of, the, got rid of him. She walked away with a nice severin package. He's probably in the line in the unemployment office trying to find a gig. But you'll see her again because he was married to that movie star. Yeah. So they're embarrassed with, damn, he's a nice-looking movie star. So how's he getting Now they're going to tell me well, he's not even separated yet. Why are you getting so deep into their business? And I'm saying this is all tagged into the story because the whole thing on why they knock us out of the box is just to keep us off the track so we can't run around to the finish line. But anyway.
2: Well, the other thing I wanted to add is if they get rid of affirmative action – It was going back to what you were saying at the beginning of the show Mm -hmm. in terms of the number of black women that are moving up the corporate ladder. A lot of that ties back to affirmative action because when companies were told you must have some kind of balanced representation, Mm -hmm. you're not going to sit up here and have multi-billion dollar companies and everybody except a fraction of a percent of the people who work there are all white. You have to ha- hire some other people, and then it started to become, okay, well, some of the managers need to be people that are non-white. And then it's like, uh some of the board of directors, they're going to need to be non-white. And it just started to mushroom. And that was built on the back of affirmative action. So, If you knock out affirmative action, that's like knocking the foundation off the house. Hmm. A house can't stand without a foundation. So if that becomes no longer the so-called law of the land, where do we go from there? And it's not that people didn't have the knowledge and capability to do the work. We just couldn't get an opportunity because these companies were keeping us out.
1: But like you say, see there we go, like we said earlier, and we don't mean to step on your story, uh, Kettle. Uh, when you said put people, put there's no black men put in place. You know what I'm saying? When you keep, when we keep doing that, and we got to stop doing, let's hire a black woman and get the two-for-one thing. Yeah.
2: Black yeah, Check female. The box. We got a black and, person. And that's, 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 getting,
1: that's getting so old that it's not even funny because I'm tired of seeing it. And I'm talking to women out there that got young sons. Yeah. I'm talking to people who's worried about their young, smart nephews and their young grandson and people like that that are coming maybe, up.
3: Maybe this, maybe this was the time or this was the era that women had got pushed up because we've been in the, in, in the background for so long. So Behind maybe, maybe who, though? there is another wave, let me finish, maybe there's another wave coming in that it's time for young uh, black men to, to be put in those positions. We 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 are kind of pretty much doing okay as far as black women or, or women period in certain positions. So maybe that wave is gonna change and it's gonna you know, change to um the young black men, like you say it. So maybe you know. Like you say, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh you know, that's the dash I mean, between
3: you you, you gotta birth have some hope, You gotta have some hope. Well we've been having we've been, been
1: having not- <laughs> we been looking for Well, get out there and start picking,
3: in there, Papa. That's that's the best thing I can tell you. Go out there and start picking. Nah,
1: I'm not. I'm just not buying that. <laughs> I'm not. I don't think we are. We, we're not on a wave, and it's not a bobblehead game. And we can't wait for a wave to come through like the ocean. I'm not surfing, so I'm not waiting on a wave. So I'm just saying, okay. let's move okay. on. Right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay.
5: Move
3: on. <laughs> are you done? No,
1: are you done with your uh, story, Kettle? I wasn't trying to disrespect you. Are you oh, yeah, done with yeah,
3: your?
1: I'm okay. All right.
2: Finished.
1: All right, good
2: enough. Okay. Well, that was an interesting spirited discussion. All right, team. Okay, my in focus, this has to do with a judge that's using an old slavery law to rule on frozen embryos as to whether a frozen embryo can be considered property. This is how wild things are getting out here. And this story comes out of Fairfax, Virginia, where, as you know, if you live in the DMV area, It's a lot of wild things that come out of Virginia with their legislation and whatnot.
1: But Fairfax County is a mess.
2: Yeah, so you got frozen human embryos can legally be considered property, or the word they used to use during slavery, chattel, according to a Virginia judge. That's the way he ruled. And he based his decision in part on a 19th century law governing the treatment of slaves. The preliminary opinion by Fairfax County circuit court judge, and put him on the kiss-it list, Judge Richard Gardiner, he delivered in a long-running dispute between a divorced husband and wife. Uh, His opinion is now being criticized by some people for wrongly and unnecessarily delving into a time in Virginia's history when it was legally permissible to own human beings. Okay, slavery. Uh Solomon Ashby, who's the president of the Old Dominion Bar Association in Virginia, who's a professional or it's a professional organization made up of black lawyers, he called the judge's uh ruling troubling. I'm like, Yeah, it's more than troubling. But he said, Okay, that ruling is troubling. Initially the judge sided with Jason Heideman. Uh the law at the heart of the case governs how to divide goods and chattel. Now the judge ruled that because embryos could not be bought or sold, that they could not be considered as property or chattel, so therefore Hydman had no recourse under the law that he could claim custody of it. And uh Hydman is the ex husband in the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So initially, uh uh, I'm sorry, so after the ex-wife's lawyer, Adam Cronfield, asked the judge to reconsider, the judge conducted a deep dive into the history of the law, and he found that even going back to before the Civil War, this law was applied to slaves. So apparently when he came up with this decision, he didn't dig deep enough to understand where this, you know, when they look for precedent. He yes. didn't dig deep enough to understand, or or maybe he just acted like he didn't know. I don't know. But the judge then uh, researched some old rulings that governed custody disputes involving slaves, and he found that there were parallels, and that's what forced him to reconsider whether this law should apply to embryos. So Gardner said that he came back then as the judge. He said he made an error when he initially concluded that human embryos could not be sold. He said there is no prohibition on the sale of human embryos and uh, that they may be valued or sold and therefore that they might be considered goods or chattel. And I'm still, my mind is just blown on this. Now, you got a divorced husband and wife, apparently there's a frozen embryo, I I have to say, I didn't even realize embryos could be frozen. I know you could freeze eggs, but I didn't know that an embryo could be frozen. So that was new to me. I guess they got so much stuff now that medical advancements, they do all kind of things. Yeah, I ain't got
1: enough degrees. and know nothing about that.
2: Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) So, you know, so anyway, they're saying that if if they're going to recognize uh, embryos this way, then you're going to have to treat it in a more nuanced way and you shouldn't just treat it as mere property. This, this is just crazy to me. And it blows my mind that once again it's Virginia yeah. that's always got something funky well, going on, you know. And now here you have a case where they're going back to a slavery-time law to rule on whether or not, you know, this embryo can be considered as property or you know and basing Mm -hmm. it on rules that had to do with slavery i'm like y'all y'all got too much time on your hands in virginia
1: well virginia during during um you know slavery time and all that and you know post-civil war virginia became the 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 hub the creme de la creme of the south Mm -hmm. even though map wise or geographically it's not that deep in the south, but that's where, that's where the headquarters were. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And if you wanted to get to the north, you had to get through Virginia. Once you got through Virginia, now you had the opportunity to do, you know, Maryland and D.C. And then Baltimore was your first hub where you felt a little free. The ultimate freedom joint was Philadelphia. Philadelphia was where you really could, you know, do your thing,
5: mm-hmm. where
1: black folks can actually relax after running from the south. But that was a long-ass way you know, down the very same dirt road that we call 95 today. Uh Because it's the same earth, you know, same layout, just different shit. But uh, Virginia, that's why in Richmond, look how many statues they took down in Richmond.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: All the Confederate statues, thousands of them, because that's where they all, even though they lost the war, they said, fuck it, we still holding on to ours. And you want to take, you had to come to Virginia. And people up north said, all right, well, y'all can deal with that. But then when black people started moving to Virginia, I'm like, oh, Lord. I, my, my big toe will not go past mm-hmm. D.C. personally. But you see
2: those yeah, statues came storm. down. Yeah, They're yeah.
1: But I just don't, you know, when I was in the, in the Navy in Virginia, I saw that in Virginia Beach. Man, they used to chase us off the beach, and we, was, we were government sailors.
2: sailors Get yeah. your black
1: asses off the beach. I'm like, damn, man, here's my ID. I'm in, I'm a sailor.
2: <laughs> They said, uh, "Sail on out of here." Yeah, it was
1: uh, Virginia. Is a mess.
2: All right, Cattle, did you want to say something?
3: No, uh, uh, it just didn't make any sense to me. But you know, seem like they always have to compare things to uh, back in that era. Hmm. You know, we have to be a part of that. It's crazy. crazy. All right. Well,
2: we're gonna keep it Virginia moving for you. Right. Yeah, that's Virginia. Right. I put that judge on the kiss it list. All right, Papa Didi.
1: Oh, okay. My story. Uh, Focus
2: on today. Look like
1: uh, my man Ben Ben Crump is. Uh, he's working again, man. I will tell you, this is a black man was found dead in uh, Mississippi, where they're considering a, a lynching.
5: Mm.
1: All right, the black family of a uh, black man who was found dead in Mississippi. Okay, after he warned his mother that uh, he was being chased by uh, white men. Foul and racial slurs, and uh, and 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 the family is demanding a federal investigation. Monday, after the local authorities said they had no reason to suspect foul play. Now, which is so interesting. Now, because this man was found so mutilated, his head was severed. They found his spine in another place from his head, which which really addresses the fact that he was dragged or something to that this fact. Now, you know what gets me is that uh the guy, uh, Aubrey Mm
5: -hmm. murdered
1: white guys and chased him in a truck. One guy went down one street, one went down the other. What kills me about these stupid white folks is that they just see a similar crime to what somebody did that was just on T V not long ago. And you go out there doing the same shit. I just can't understand because when the racism rears its ugly head, people get so heated—not only the racism, but road rage and things of this nature. It's like when anybody now acts crazy in front of you, you really have to bitch up if you ain't ready to die. You know, you gotta just punk out and just, you know, back off. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and just you ain't got nothing to protect yourself. And they got all the rage and four guys with, you know, because it's always been white folks always came in droves to take down black people when they were doing lynching and hanging back in the day, you would see like twenty horses out there, and they'd bring the family and everybody, and they turned into entertainment. Yeah. You see different pictures of lynching when mm-hmm. they, you would see like a hundred people on horses, got the kids and everybody, and it became a sport mm-hmm. because the black man had no no meaning, no i mean that's where your true Black Lives Matter came into play because they didn't. You know, based on the, the mental aspect of people believing that black folks was worthless from the beginning as slaves. And when you put that mindset in people that all this person could do is pick my cotton and clean my shit and do whatever. I mean, as a slave, you did everything. And um, But anyway, back to the story here. This gentleman's name was uh, Rashid Carter. 25 years old, reported missing on October 2nd after his mother said that he had uh, sort of helped from police and frankly called her to say that white men in uh, three trucks, hmm. three trucks were pursuing him. Okay, that was the last day his mother heard from him. Now on November 2nd, which is a month later, authorities said they found his remains in a wooded area south of an area called Taylorsville, Mississippi. All right. In a statement on Facebook a day later, the Smith County Sheriff Department said they had no reason to believe that it was that they were involved in any kind of foul play. Like I said, the man's head was severed, his spine was out of his back and in another location from his head and body. But no foul play. These motherfuckers have lost their mind. Anyway. On Monday, Carter's loved ones and their and their attorney, Ben Crump, as I said, slammed slammed local authorities of, of stonewalling them for more than four months on the initial determination, saying they believe Carter was a victim of a brutal hate crime. So Crump arranged the Justice Department on Monday to uh take action, take take over the investigation and in the civil rights case to uh They want to reveal photographs of his skeleton remains, including his skull, and other plus they found his uh, vertebrae and all that. So um, just a terrible situation, you know, and it's just unbelievable. Because, see, when when they they determined that it's no foul play, because if it's a small town like a Taylorsville, Mississippi, these white sheriffs know what white folks own a white pickup truck. All these motherfuckers know each other. Don't think they don't. Well, we don't We don't expect. Yeah, you know that Billy Bob and Billy Joe and little Herman all own, and you know they some vicious guys, and they all own pickup trucks. So half the case is almost solved. Mm-hmm. So in order, like he said, stonewall and stall, oh, we don't, well, we had to investigate. We don't suspect. Come on. They claim that, a, what did they say, an animal or something attacked them?
2: Yeah, they tried Instead to of, tell the family that, it's possible that he, he was, was the victim of a wild animal. A wild attack. animal. I'm like, what, a wild animal with a machete? Yeah.
1: How yeah.
2: in the world do you sever a head?
1: Anyway, so look out for that. You're going to hear about a gentleman's name is, uh, got rest his soul, uh, Rasheed Carter, 25 years old. I'm sure you'll be hearing about this here next on the news. It seems like every couple of weeks or a couple of months there's always
2: yeah, another, like every another other tragedy day.
1: that comes up. In, uh
2: Okay. Anyway, Well, that wraps up the In Focus segment. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we're coming back with Kettle. She's got the cocktail of the week for us on the Pajama Party Show.
4: It's another Friday night at the Pajama Party Show, and we're here with our PJs on because you know we don't allow clothes in here. If you enjoyed the Pajama Party Show, why not invite a friend or tell a neighbor to tune in right now? Go ahead and text them. I'll wait. Tell them to call us right now at 914-803-4306. And if they want to join in on the conversation, tell them to press 1 so that we'll know they have something to say. We'd love to meet your neighbors, friends, and relatives, so send them a text. Email them or call them up and tell them to join us for the Pajama Party live on Blog Talk Radio. The more, the merrier. Or is it Misery Loves Company or whichever? Tell them to call us up on nine one four eight zero three four three zero six if they just want to listen, or press one if you want to join the conversation. Now let's get back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party Show while I try to find out who hid the belt from my robe. I tell you the truth, y'all know you're so wrong for that.
1: All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. One, your host, Papa Dini. I'm your host, Kettle. Hello. And red wine.
2: Bonsoir, well, darling. And it's now time for the cocktail of the week. Week, week. With kettle. <laughs> what you got for us, kettle?
3: Okay. Um, a twist on the Manhattan. This is called the Manhattan Wisconsin. All right. Um, No cognac this week, Papa. Sorry, but it's brown liquor, so uh, I think you'll like it. Um, right. Manhattan, uh, Wisconsin, or Wisconsin-Manhattan. Two ounces of brandy of your choice. I um, would use two and a half, but two ounces. <laughs> uh, one ounce of uh, sweet vermouth, four dashes of bitter in a gorsura, and two dashes of bitters, um, uh, Brother's Cherry Bitter. Um, one twist of uh, lemon peel. So we're going to build um, over crushed ice everything, all of the ingredients. Um, first, ice in an old-fashioned glass and stir gently to incorporate it. Um, the twist, rimes and drop the lemon peel. Mm-hmm. And that's called the uh, Wisconsin Manhattan.
2: All right. I think I would like that. Thank you, mm-hmm. you Kettle. Sounds delicious. Cocktail of the Week is brought to you by Kettle. And DC homegrown entertainment, you know. All right, we're gonna keep it moving, Papa Didi. Pass the mic to you. What's poppin'?
1: Uh, a couple of things. You know, there was a couple of things in the story to caught my eye. Uh, two stories in particular. One, one had to do with Tiger Woods and his little girlfriend. I you know, first of all, they were together like six years. So that was weird. And she was living there with him. So I think that he, him being as rich as he is, I think he did everything all ass backwards from the beginning. Because something apparently went south, you know, with the relationship. And um, he was trying to get rid of her, basically, and couldn't, and she didn't want to leave. And uh, I'll talk about that here in a minute. But they had to set it up to say that, they, his the handlers and all said that, that Tiger mentioned, going on a trip or something. So she packed all her clothes to go on a trip and all. And when they left out the house together or what have you, however it worked out, but uh, couldn't find out once she left out, she got locked out completely. Now she's fighting to drop the uh, non-disclosure situation they have. You know, these celebrities now, in addition to the, uh, what do you call that, the uh, prenup. They have people sign a non-disclosure where you can't talk about what happened during a relationship and what what you know about the celebrity or what you found out about the celebrity. But, you know, the one thing you got to understand and realize is that first of all, he's with his woman six years and and she, but I guess she was one of the main rebounds from the situation of his marriage when he was messing around all them women and, you know, but anyway, when you're a celebrity like him, and you got a trophy room that has, damn, how many pro matches he win? At least twenty five, whatever. So he has a trophy room that has a bunch of, bunch of stuff in there. He's got all kind of artifacts. He knows all kinds of people. He knows he golfs with Michael Jordan and all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? And you're sitting up there as the girlfriend. Now, both him and her have some age on them. So I don't really see no babies coming out of that, you know. So you got to hold on somehow. You just through a child pregnancy situation or, you know, you're trying to lock a joker in, you know, like you've been doing to these basketball players and football players every day. <clears throat> so I think she's too old to deliver any kids out of her. So, and then she didn't even pursue the marriage situation. So you stayed a girlfriend for six years and when stuff went south, He wanted to boot you out like any other person that's in a relationship. When you get tired of it, you start looking around and say, okay, well, this is my house. You know what I'm saying? You can talk all the shit you want, but you're living in my crib, which is stuff you don't notice when you're going together because, you know, love is blind and the birds are chirping and everything is, you know, tranquil. You know what I mean? And you looking through life through what they call rose-colored glasses. But when you break up, the fucking rose-colored glasses fall off your nose. Now you're seeing shit for what it is, and you're trying to put a person out. And a different team putting people out of a regular crib and putting them out of a mansion, because they got used to that lifestyle, and she got used to the lifestyle. And I'm going to tell you a tragedy now of, of another story that ended in a tragedy, which was a football player by the name of Steve McNair. Steve McNair was a quarterback from the... Uh, the uh I forget the team, Houston Oilers uh, yeah. Houston Oilers back in the day. And him and his wife was separated, what have you, and uh he took on this young girl and was involved with her and he was just just had retired from football but he was still very much a celebrity, a very nice person. But after a while he had been talking to his wife and wanted to get back with his wife. And one day But when the young girl was coming to the realization that he was gonna get back with his wife, the young girl came over to the house. Well, she was living there and when he before he can even put her out or make a range for her to do something, she shot him and killed him right there in the living room. Steve McNair. Wonderful, great football player, great talent. Got killed by the young girl that was staying with him. Well, she was younger than him and all that jazz. So that's how that ended in a tragedy. But the situation with Tiger Woods, this woman wants to sue now for $30 million, what is it, $20, $30 million? 30
5: million.
1: Only because that's the kind of shit she's seen. It's almost like she was living in, in what was the Michael Jackson thing called, Neverland? Mm-hmm. Hey, it was almost like she was living in Neverland and she saw all these trophies and all this stuff and this and that. And, and I'm sure that for six years she helped raise the kids and all and was a mother figure. For the kids but you should've rose a level on that girlfriend status. You know what I mean? You should have took the box a little higher after six years. But you remain the girlfriend. What what fucking kind of rank and file does that have? That don't carry nothing you might as well have two 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 buckets of water in your hands in each hand. I mean, you ain't you ain't progressing to nothing. I'm not saying that for common folks, but if you fucking with a gazillionaire like him Damn, poke a hole in the condom or something. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking hypothetically and I'm making jokes. But, you know, you didn't build anything tangible, and now that you're being kicked out, and now here's the thing, too, just to go back a little bit on what I was saying before, everybody's going to have their opinion. And then what people will say on the female level, well, she did this and she did that and did that. That's all cool. I understand how, as a female, you're gonna give her the benefit of the doubt on whatever situation it may be, but she was the girlfriend. You know what I mean? And in my opinion, that didn't carry no weight. But that's my opinion. You can give us a call. You want to comment on it? You know, nine one four eight zero three four three zero six. And the last thing I want to talk about too is the situation with uh Jada Pinkett, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. That that whole situation went full circle, you know. And just the comment on that situation with the the rebuttal of Chris Rock, I mean, the brother came back pretty hard, you know. And uh, it, it, it put Jada in a light where nobody now is going around talking about her at all, and she's staying real quiet with things. And like I said, this is my opinion again. And people draw their own opinions and shouldn't be chastised because of that. But there again, Jada Pinkett seems to me to be a person that never even deserved a person like Will Smith, in my opinion, okay? When it comes to your own love life and the stuff, because if you look back on Jada Pinkett, she's been hanging out with people for a long time. Well, I say hanging with the enemy. You can pull up stuff with her and, and Chris Rock, her and a lot of people, her and Tupac. I mean, Jada's been out there, okay? Mm-hmm literally out there hard. And and I'm not putting Will Smith on no prayer book, but I just feel like they have two different situations all together. You know what I mean? And life is like this here. You are how you were raised. And I see different raised aspects of the two of them. I'm not going to take it no deeper or take it no further, you know, because I don't want to be canceled. Not that I give a shit about that. Anyway, it, it's just it's just deep when you look at it. Because you've got to stop looking at Will and put Jada in her position in this as well. So I'm believing at that. Okay. All right. I hear
2: you. You okay, hear me. I uh, yeah,
1: I hear you. Got any comments on it? Nine one four, eight oh three, four three zero six. If you're already listening, uh on your on your phone or what have you, press one. You'll be putting the queue and uh you can give us your comment. You can say, uh You're a Mm jerk-off. You know, your opinions are crazy as hell. You know, talk to me. Anyway.
3: I'm
2: going to leave that one alone. (laughs) Kettle, can we we lighten it up?
3: Yeah, we're going to have to. And you got the bowl. All right, I'm going
2: to lighten it up. We're going to switch and go to the weird news. I've got one. This one's out of uh, Louisiana. A lot of stuff happening in the south. New Orleans, actually, a Louisiana couple has run afoul of state law by keeping a 22-pound nutria. Now, I had to look this thing up to see what is a nutria. This thing is actually part of a rodent family. It's like an offshoot of a rat. This family is keeping a 22-pound rat. It's a little beady-eyed, orange-toothed, rat-tailed rodent, commonly considered a wetland damaging pest. This is one of those type of vermin that is destructive. It's an invasive species, and they're keeping it as a pet. They said the thing runs around and plays with the dog. They snuggle it in their arms. It swims in the pool with them. I'm so grossed out by this. Anyway, the people who own this thing, Denny and Myra Lacoste, they told New Orleans news outlets that they were just devastated at the loss of their little pet that they named Nutie. Nudie. since he's a nutria. they named him Nutie. and they said that they raised Nutie from infancy when his siblings were killed in traffic, and they're upset because the wildlife and fishery, fisheries officials uh, said, first of all, it's illegal to keep an orphaned or an injured wild animal as a pet. And, you know, there's a petition going on with people who people who have jumped in it and it's not their business that they've started a petition saying, oh, let them keep them. It's a 22-pound rat. Why do you want to keep something like that around your family? Anyway, wildlife is uh, the wildlife department says that they're going to put new tea at the Baton Rouge Zoo. But it's not clear when that's going to happen. So they're going to remove it from the home of the Lacoste family. Uh, They said they were going to do it as of yesterday. So I don't know if (laughs) nudie got picked up and put in the zoo. But I don't know. It's just gross to me. And this family runs a seafood restaurant. And just the idea that y'all handle food. And you got a 22-pound rat as a pet. you nasty. Oh, nasty.
3: And, and what state is it?
2: This is in, unfortunately, one of my favorite cities Your in New Orleans.
5: <laughs> you spot.
2: Yeah. I'm going to have to find out what restaurant do they own and make sure I don't go there. <laughs> oh,
0: boy. I know that's right. Mm.
2: Uh, that's my weird oh, dude. My. All right, Kelly, what you got?
3: We're going down south, Wilmington, North Kakalaki. A uh, vehicle crashes in the airport terminal and driver is charged. <laughs> one was huh. intoxicated. A vehicle crashed inside a terminal at the Wilmington International Airport in North Carolina. But no one was injured. Thank God. Deputies with the New um, Haven, um, Hanover County Sheriff's Office responded Thursday night to report that a car had breached the airport's fence and drove onto the tarmac. What? The vehicle then retreated from the tarmac and was engaged by um, deputies before crashing through the doors and windows of the terminal and ending up inside. No one was mm-hmm. injured. The driver portrayed Trey Anthony Dvorak. Put him on the kiss of this, D-V-O-R-A-K, Anthony Dvorak. This man is almost 40 years old. He's 37, was charged with assault, trespassing on airport property, speeding to elude arrest, disorderly conduct, and resisting a government official. It wasn't immediately clear if Dvorak was an attorney or has an attorney. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. If he was another persuasion, you know the man is, you know what persuasion, Caucasian. Uh, if he uh-huh. was another persuasion, we would be dead, okay? Yeah. You, you, you know, you get, you breach the airport's fence and then you drive on the tarmac and then you go inside the terminal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: You You wouldn't just be casual about it if there had been a black yeah. man. Come on now.
3: Yeah. Come on now.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: Black man, old woman. Black man, black All man, right, black man. All right,
2: I got Mr. Dvorak on the kiss it list. Uh, Papa Diddy, you're up next. What you got for your weird news tonight?
1: Uh, this this is a play on uh, the movie uh, Cocaine Bear. Mm-hmm. This has to do with a, a cocaine cat. And I ain't talking about no little cat. I'm talking about one of them, uh, what do they call those, a serval. Serval oh. cat. It's a bigger cat. The, this is an African, uh, I think they call him He's serval. About a big cat. So he, was, he was found uh, with cocaine in his system at the escape at a uh, traffic stop. Now he calls the uh, Cincinnati Zoo home. When they say a traffic stop, he must have broke out of his captivity or something mm-hmm. at a traffic stop. and um they that caught wasn't him. a coke. But uh, much of the delight of the... Social media users still are amused by the recent release of the movie Cocaine Bear. Okay, now this Wildcat story was uh, tended online where users relished in the uh, absorbency of the uh, horror comedy, which uh, riffed off the true story of a 175-pound black bear that was found dead near a duffel bag. Now, they don't talk about the whole dead thing in the comedy. They just... They just entertained as them being on cocaine, but yeah. that bear that was the cocaine bear was actually found dead. Okay, mm-hmm. when he was he was uh, he was found next to a duffel bag with uh, two million dollars worth of cocaine in his system. Oh my he god! He must have ate it all, I guess, thinking it was some type of whatever. Social media users were they dubbed this this other cat now as cocaine cat. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, and now the. Uh, <laughs> The cat's name was Amory. He was taken in for a medical care in the Cincinnati Animal Care, and they ran tests, and they determined that he had cocaine in the system. What's well, going cool to show you that with all the drugs in the world, animals are just picking this shit up. Mm-hmm. I mean, between syringes and stuff, and, I mean, you go to some neighborhoods, and this stuff is just laying around, especially the different little, you know, what they call the red line district, you know, which is a term back in the day up in Boston. Where you had the drugs and the whores and everything was a whole area called the red line, red light district. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it's not the uh, first time that Cincinnati Animal Zoo had to be had to uh, had discovered that animals are getting you know drugs and stuff because uh, back in 2002 they had a monkey that was tested for uh, methamphetamines. So, what? like I said, these animals and they escape,
2: a meth monkey,
1: they go up in these neighborhoods and people are doing all kinds of stuff. They're doing all kind. Of, I'm telling you, it's just, it's a mess.
2: Not the meth monkey.
1: It's a mess. Meth, cocaine. Mm. They're doing... And then you got people that come to the zoo that are probably turning animals on a drug, giving them, you know, uh, what do you call them, edibles and stuff like that. People are just as crazy as the fucking animals. They really mm. are. So God bless those animals, you know, when you go to the zoo. Please, don't don't feed the animals. And definitely don't feed mm. the animals your edibles or whatever you... Don't give them
2: anything. That's why they put those big signs up that says, do not feed the animal. Then he get close
1: as hell, and the lion ends up ripping the arm off.
2: Yeah. Uh, Oh, oh, take my picture. I'm going to get real close. Yes. You got me? You got me? (laughs) And next thing you know, oh, he got her. (laughs) Okay. Well, that that concludes the weird news. Uh, What are we doing? we Are going to take a quick break? Yeah, and
1: we'll come back with Rewind with her uh, segment of
4: uh, I'm I'm Just saying. Saying.
2: That's right. You're listening to The Pajama Party Show. You know how we
4: do. You're in the right place at the right time. It's The Pajama Party, www.apajamaparty.com. Produced by D.C. Homegrown Entertainment. Don't just sit there yelling at the air. You've got an opinion? We want to hear it, too. Dial 914-803-4306. That's 914-803-4306. Don't let us have all the fun by ourselves. We've got room for you at the pajama party. And remember, it's PJs only. No clothes allowed. Operators are standing by. Well, they're lounging on pillows, but they're waiting for your calls. So call us now. 914-803-4306. Now back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Oh, you want to throw pillows?
1: All right, welcome back for John Poirier. and am host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello.
2: And Red Wine. Francois, darling.
1: Are you ready, uh, Red Wine?
2: Oh, yeah, I'm ready.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's uh, Red Wine with her segment called, uh, I'm Just Saying.
2: Okay, so tonight I'm just saying traffic stops are hazardous for black folks. Uh-oh. Now, everybody's heard different stories about how black people get pulled over for different things and what you should and shouldn't do. And a lot of times it's usually for some kind of minor traffic stop and all, but it becomes hazardous when bad things happen, when black folks get pulled over. Mm. Now, this particular story that I came across this week, it seemed to be really over the top more so than some that I've read or heard about or seen on the news. This one happened to a black family from Georgia. They were driving through rural, rural rural Tennessee with their five children. Unfortunately, they had dark tinted windows in their car, and they got pulled over by a cop. Now, uh, the woman's, the mother, her name is Bianca Claiborne. Uh, she was with Deontay Williams. It looks like he's the father. Uh, they were driving on their way to Chicago. Now, this happened on the 17th of February. They were driving to Chicago to go to a funeral when they had to drive through this country, country-hit country part of Tennessee and got pulled over by a Tennessee highway patrol who pulled him over in Coffee County, for having dark tinted windows, and he said, for traveling in the left lane while not actively passing. I was like, is that a real thing? If you're in the left lane, you have to be actively passing? So the the, the, the highway patrolman said he pulled him over for dark tents and not actively passing and driving in the left lane. Now, Deontay got arrested for this. And Bianca was given a citation, and after the trooper then told them both, i got to search the car and all of that, he found a small amount of weed during the search of their Dodge Durango. Small amount now. So the trooper told Bianca, well, you can leave with your children, or you can follow me to the precinct or whatever, and if you want to bail Deontay out, you can do that. Whatever you want to do, either leave with your kids or follow us to go get your man out, pay the bail. So she followed them to go bail out Deontay, but when she got there, they separated her from her children, and one of the kids was a breastfeeding baby. That's how young the baby was. Out of the five kids, oh, they took the children away while she was at this justice center for six hours. She's trying to deal with, get Deontay out and do that. Um, They took the kids, and then the Department of Child Services requested an emergency court order to take the children into custody. And to this day, they still don't have their kids back. Now, how crazy is that?
1: Where is this happening?
2: In Tennessee. They're not from there. They were driving through there. They were coming from Georgia, driving to Chicago to go to a funeral. So now they got a lawyer, and they're fighting to legally get their kids back. I'm like, what kind of cockamamie bullcrap is that? On those kind of charges to get stopped? I'm just saying, traffic stops are hazardous for black folks. You run the risk of either dying or some stupid crap like this. Now, their five kids are still in uh, child protective services somewhere, and they're trying to get the kids back. Now, they got to deal with a lawyer and go through all of that. And, of course, their lawyer is saying this is some racist, racially motivated mess because it's hard to believe if this had been a good old southern white couple with tinted windows and a little bit of weed in the car, do you really think that they would have had their children taken away? Come on. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, you know, when stuff like this happens and I read it, it's like, wait, is this for real? And for them to have to go through all of this and still be going through this to try to get their children back, you got a breastfeeding baby who's been taken from his mother. That is not right. That is so not right. I hope their lawyer sues those folks in Tennessee that did this. I would sue them for every dime they would ever get in their hands. Because this is ridiculous. If you going to give them a ticket or whatever, then do that and let them go about their business. But to take their kids and put the kids in the in the system, that's some bull crap. This is red wine, and I'm just saying, you got to be careful out here. These traffic stops can either be deadly or they can just be hazardous to black folks' lives. So just watch yourself drive with caution and stay out of these hick towns because they got some wild stuff going on. That's all I got. Crazy
3: hick town. I'm going to take somebody. Now, it's, it's, it's that was a good real wild. but it, is this recent? It's happened recently? Yeah.
2: Yeah. They were driving to Chicago on February seventeenth. This happened last month.
3: And okay, so they've been away from their parents for it's been a whole month.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Wow. Crazy. Yeah, it's
2: been a month now.
3: It, this it, is I mean, was it a, a, was it a black couple or black and white couple or? No, it was a black couple. Black couple.
0: Yeah.
3: I don't. Know. And they're five kids. <laughs> These and a Dodge ones, these towns, They yes. do not want to see black folks as a family or something. They just trying to tear our, our family unit apart. It seems that like that. Okay. That's, that's just crazy. Yep. That's
2: an yeah. old game. Trying real
3: really trying to. I think that I, think, I just think they're really just trying to break us down as a unit. It's not going to happen. So. No. They really nope. need to get the crop man on it. I know he's he's worn thin, but they need somebody. They need a good ass lawyer.
2: So. Yeah, well they have a lawyer. I don't know how good he is, but I hope he's good.
3: So. Wish them some luck. Yeah, the kids are terrified, Ooh. I'm quite sure.
2: Oh, I'm sure. They probably cry day and night because they don't know what's going on. But all right. Um,
3: mm, Papa I'm
2: going to kick it back to you. Living for the city. What's happening in the city? What's going on?
1: Wow, that's, that's really deep, too. But, you know, the one lesson learned on that, and I tell people all the time, and I'm not saying that we should be just chastised for that, I think a lot of these brothers and sisters need to understand that when you're in a relaxed city like Philly, Chicago, or Prince George, Prince George County, or D.C., and you got these dark tinted windows, that shit don't fly everywhere. Mm-hmm. They don't fly. They don't fly when you're riding up in the mountains of Ohio or in the rural hills of Pennsylvania. And even you, like you said, you are passing through
2: mm-hmm.
1: in order to get to Chicago. You know, wherever they, had, they were going. They were going to
0: Chicago. To
1: Chicago, right? And they want to go up through to, you know, it's, you know, like they said. Remember the book they had, the little green book back oh, in the yeah. day.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: The green book was designed to let you know which way to go, what roads to go on. And they don't have that convenience today because young folks don't stick together like like older people did with when it comes to traveling and knowing what roads to go on and things like that. And that that's one situation you start. You, when you get on that highway, you got to stop being fly guy first of all. You can't be. I got my tinted windows and my all my fancy shit because they they get jealous of that initially because they ain't on but a forty forty seven thousand police salary. And your car looks like it's worth sixty thousand. You got a souped up whatever, and you know. But anyway, I want to talk about this whole uh, NFL thing that just went down, where this this guy Aaron Rodgers was holding people hostage. He's a quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Then finally, the other day, they said that he was going to uh, the New York Jets next year. Now he didn't hold people hostage for so long that this man's thirty nine years old. So in all actuality, what do we give a shit what he's doing, okay? And why is the news media holding people such hostage on what Aaron Rodgers is doing from the Green Bay Packers that didn't even make the playoffs last year? So what's the point? And then let's let's jockey over to Action Jackson, who was Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens. Now this man can't get a contract. Well they they put him on what's called a franchise tag. Which means he gets a certain amount of money, and by June something other teams can bid and see whether or not they can match that and whatever, what have you. But they didn't—they don't want to sign Action Jackson on anything. They claim he's hurt, but the biggest reason is that they're—I think they're looking at Lamar Jackson as being just straight ghetto fabulous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For one, he doesn't have an agent; his mother's his agent, okay. Now, we all see the way Lamar Jackson dresses, okay? God bless his soul. God bless him as a black man. But damn, that boy needs a stylist, okay? You, you're making money. You need a stylist. You even need one of them sisters in, in, in the hood or North Philly to sit down and braid your hair to make it look like something that's got to do with you projecting some type of image because, the imagery, as sad as it may be, if I'm saying the word right, imagery has its place. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm, when I say that, I'm not talking about a straight lace whatever look. You look, you you put your look on according to your generation. But there is a way that you can style yourself based on your generation and wear what it is your generation is wearing, whether you got your pants hanging off your ass or whatever your generation is doing. But I'm going to tell you right now, Lamar Jackson, I don't know where this brother's from originally, and I'm not talking about him picking on him because he's a great player, he's a great guy, and God bless the black man for what he's doing. But when you try to negotiate a contract in the NFL, and you don't even have an agent, and your mother's your agent, it's almost like when you go in court, and you don't have a lawyer, and they say that you have a fool for a client, Okay, that's the first thing they say. You got a lawyer, Now I'm going to represent myself. You in there for a murder trial, you're going to represent yourself. Well, the first thing the judge said, well, looked at me like you got a fool for a client. And that's the first. Just like when you argue with somebody who's foolish or, or or whacked out or cracked out or drugged out. When you sit there and argue with that person, people wondering, well, which one is the fool? Because you sit there be holding a... a, a, a A mindful argument with somebody that ain't making no sense from the beginning. But getting back to Action Jackson, Lamar Jackson, I'm just saying to you, my brother, get an agent, man. Just like you get a lawyer. I remember I had had some tickets that cropped up out of nowhere. I'm not going to say the state or whatever. But some tickets came out of nowhere and had some warrants attached to them not long ago. These were tickets from back in 1995, 96, you know, 99, even the year 2000 is 23 years ago. And I'm saying myself, I get these letters in the mail saying we have a warrant, yada, yada, yada. I'm saying, but 20 fucking years ago, how'd y'all find me? And where'd you find these? But the first thing I did, I went and got a lawyer. Because I cannot go in a courtroom with like 10 tickets from back in the day, And the judge looking at me like, no, I'm going to call a lawyer that knows the the people in the court. You know, the lawyers know the prosecutors because they're there every day. They know the judge. They don't know him personally probably, but, hey, that's the prosecutor. Yeah, that's that's Jen the prosecutor. Hey, hi, Jen. Hey, Bill. And you give them the handle of your shit. But Action Jackson, his mother, now, first of all, Lamar Jackson sometime, his whole imagery and look, it's just off the chain and like I said, I'm not putting a brother down, but like anybody else you see out there, a movie star that's always wearing whack ass clothes or whatever, you say, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It ain't like you judging what they wear. Just like old girl, for example. She's a great performer, Erica Badu. Okay? She's a great performer, but damn it, two out of the ten times you see a dress, you'd be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying all the time. You can see her ten times. But two out of the ten times you see Erica Badu, you would be like, what the fuck is that? She's wearing a big-ass hat that's got some crazy shit and some crazy shit hanging and some crazy shit whatever. I mean, like Rihanna, for example. Rihanna does everything stylish, even pregnant. Anytime you can pull off some shit with a big-ass belly... That's some fashionable shit. And the same with um, what's her name? Um, your girl, uh, Kettle. Mary J. Blige. Always looks fabulous. Oh yeah. Oh. And yeah. I ain't i I oh, I'm not yeah. saying you gotta always look fabulous, but you gotta at least look decent. You know, or somewhere that's you easy on the eyes in some respect. And Lamar Jackson, my brother. What the fuck? You know, and you gotta understand that if I'm talking like that, and I love you as my black brother, the white man don't give a fuck about you, and you telling them to give you 150 million dollars. They looking at your mama, who who probably dresses just as bad as you. The image you projecting, he she probably you probably learned all that whack shit from her. So they looking at both of y'all coming that office to do contract work and saying, look at these two step and fetchy looking motherfuckers. You know, and I'm making jokes, like I said, I'm not talking about my black people at all. But you cannot go in a, in a in a courtroom after committing a major crime and saying I'm representing myself. And Lamar Jackson, brother, my advice to you: get you an agent, build up your image. Look at what's the name, for example. And I'll close with this here: Chris Rock. Look how far he's come just by appearance alone. You remember him from you know Beverly Hills Cop and. Hoochie, and he was in uh, New Jack City and all these different movies where he was just a little weasel-looking motherfucker. Oh, yeah.
5: But one day we saw
1: Chris Rock come out doing comedy. That boy had a suit on, haircut, looking good as shit. So, and he was funny. And he catapulted out of nowhere. So I'm saying to Lamar Jackson, brother, if you can't hang with the big dogs trying to get that big money, stay on the porch.
3: Ooh.
2: Anyway, that's
1: just my opinion.
3: Okay. All right. Not the mic. That was a good one. Hey. Um, I'm 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 going to tag on a little bit. I did do a little research, and he is from um, Florida. Um, his mm-hmm. uh, father and grandmother passed away. He was eight. So his mom did raise him, and his other mm-hmm. siblings. I'm not sure how many more siblings he has, but uh, I think you're right. He he needs to grow out of that, and uh, he probably yeah. needs some type of mentor. Like a male figure nope. mentor, no of, doubt. You know, leave okay. him the way. Yeah. And yeah, because
2: um, that those crazy plaits, At least last season, I noticed his plaits were a little neater. Right. He actually parted mm-hmm. and coming straight down.
5: Mm-hmm. He used
2: to look like he plaited his own hair in mm-hmm. the dark. And those yeah, plaits would yeah. going in multiple directions. I'm like, come on, bro. And like we
1: say, it's no disrespect to the man, you know. God bless him. He's a talented man. He now he's up for this thirty-two million dollar franchise tag, which means that the team doesn't mm-hmm. believe in you. And it fr- franchise tag goes a year at a time. But he should be smart like Kirk Cousins, who played for the uh, Washington Commanders. Who
2: didn't he play for?
1: But he took a franchise yeah. tag every year. Yeah. He made like ninety million dollars from the Commanders alone. Mm-hmm. Three years of the franchise tag, thirty million a year. So I think that he should just jump on his thirty-two million. They want to tag you again, thirty two more million. you're making the same money you're trying to make long term, and also stop going to bed so much with the Ravens. If the Ravens don't want you, move on,
5: yeah. and that's
1: another thing he has a problem with that he just stays stagnant on something that he wants to do and and man fuck the ravens if they ain't treating you right,
5: Yeah,
1: but you oh, not yeah. Step it I up. want to stay in Baltimore. yeah, you want to stay in Baltimore because Baltimore looks like you. Okay. On that
2: note. Anyway. Okay.
3: Okay. All right. I think we need to take a little break, a little CC. Yeah. Okay.
2: We'll do that, and then we're coming back on the other side of the break with Kettle. She got the lowdown on what's happening in the entertainment industry on the Hollywood, what do we call that, the Hollywood wrap-up. So we'll be right back on the other side of the break.
4: It's Friday night, and you're listening to The Pajama Party Show Live. Tune in every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. We push it to the limit every week like only we can. We've got hot topics, hit it and quit it headlines, TV and movie reviews, commentaries, and the world's famous Kip It list. And you don't want to be on the kissing list. So visit apajomaparty.com, check out the cocktail of the week, get your glass, and get your laugh on with the pajama Party crew doing what we do right here with you. Get up on this and push it. Push it real good.
1: All right, welcome back to Bejong Party When It was Papa Dee with Kettle.
2: Hello. And Red One. Bonsoir, darling. It's time for the Hollywood Wrap-Up with Kettle. All right, Papa Dee give Are her her ready? intro.
3: Are you ready, Kettle? I'm ready, waiting on you. <laughs> <All> <laughs> you right. know,
1: I'm the sound effect, oh my God. All right, bye. Hollywood. <laughs> Take it away, kettle. Take it away. All right.
3: All right. Well, the top, top story for today for Hollywood's Unfortunate, Um, the well-known actor Lance Riddick, star of The Wire and John Wick, dies suddenly at 60. Wow, that's a young age there. Um, John Wick was um, scheduled to come out in about a couple of weeks. This is the, uh, I think, third installment of John Wick. Um, so, sounds like this was one of his this, this last movies. Um, Lance Reddick, a veteran character, actor known for his intense roles in HBO's It's the Wire, John Riddick. Um, he died today. Sudden um, death. And, that, you know, just, they just said natural cause. And, of course, CMZ broke the news, of course. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they asked him, you know, for privacy, family and everything. So, you know, the usual. That's Lance Reddick, so yeah, I need to check him out. He hey, he's he's a good ass actor, I have to say. One one of the best. Yeah. Um he always plays generals really and um important roles, things like that, you know. Um, yeah. Um, just because of that I might choose to watch the um John Wick series. I've never seen it, so this is the third installment, so maybe I'll check it out. Okay. Um also, um uh, Saturday Night Live, Quentin Brunson, she's going to make her hosting debut on Saturday Night Live with Little Yachty as a musical guest. Um, she's posting the sketch shows to air simultaneously as a strike by the show's post-production editors. There are calls for NBC um, Universal to pay editors industry standard rate and um, provide uh, adequate health benefits. So, um hopefully it's gonna be aired. Um, but she's gonna be hosting Saturday Night Live on April the first. But uh hopefully they're gonna um, you know, try to clear up the strike before then, so we'll see. Um, here we go. We're talking about health benefits and stuff like that. So pay the people what they need, you know, health benefits, that's important. People to you know, move right. on. Um, also, Nick Cannon, he's back in the game. Nick Cannon will star in a new game show called Who's Having My Face. <laughs> um, everybody knows he's the father 12. Yes, uh, he's the father of 12. Um, in a post there on Instagram, Cannon 42 revealed he would be starring in Who's Having My Face, hosted by comedian Kevin Hart. Uh, the show will premiere this spring on E, um, April the 6th. That's the premiere date. Yep. So I guess him and Kevin Hart got their heads together and say, look, hey, let's do a game show. <laughs> so. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. Everybody's been teasing them about Bible, so why not? Yeah. Who's having my baby? So it's going to be interesting to see what the game show was going to be roughly about. But, uh, yeah. I mean, just. It's the name alone is just funny. So <laughs> Right. Okay. Um we have a new psychological horror thriller television series, um, from Donald Glover. Um, it's called Swarm. Um, the series follows uh, Dre, a young woman whose obsession with the pop star takes a dark turn. Hmm. Appearing in supporting roles are Chloe Bailey. She's getting a lot of roles. Billy Eilish. Terrence Jackson and um, Damson Idris. Terrence yeah. Jackson. Mm. That's coming from uh, Donald Glover. Interesting. It's called The mm-hmm. What else is that?
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, also, Power Book 2. I got to get on the stick. I My girl's in it, so I, I need to be watching. Mary J is in this one, Power Book 2. Um, they've been renewed for a fourth season. This is the third season coming up, but they've been renewed for a fourth season. Michael Ealy, he is going to join the series as a regular in the fourth season. Oh. So, yeah, pretty awesome,
2: uh, yeah. Yeah, I would watch it to see the Michael show. Ealy. I've never watched that show, I know but you. if Michael Ely's on it, I might tune in.
3: Okay, all right. Um, and the uh, third season premieres March We'll uh, see. Okay, right. Check it out on it's on Stars. So if you don't get Stars, you might even subscribe. To ah, you have to check it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, another one um, called Queen's Court. Now this is interesting with uh, Tamar Braxton, Evelyn uh, Lozada, and Nivea appear to have it all: family, career, and money and fame. Um, these women are in their 40s. Um, these mature and healthy queens are leaving behind a history of broken dreams. Our profile voices, divorces and domestic abuse to open their hearts and find their king. With the help of Holly, Robinson, Keith, and Rodney, they're going to host this new uh, uh, reality series called Queen's Court. They, they will meet 21 eligible men. Who think they're ready to take the hand of one of these high-profile divas? Uh, and uh, Queen fort will be aired in Atlanta. Be interesting. Okay.
2: Right. right. That's the Hollywood Wrap Up. Okay. Thank you so much. That is a good one. All kind of stuff going on. You know what? I saw. Uh, a photo of Paymar. Apparently, one of the guys that she met on there has proposed to her, and she's supposed to be getting married. Interesting.
3: And so, we'll see. money.
2: Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. she is. I'd have to try to find that photo again because he, from the angle that I saw him, he did not look like a brother. So, okay. I don't know. See if you can track it down and let us know next week, too. Huh?
3: Okay. He might be a light-skinned brother.
2: <laughs> I don't know.
1: They're making a comeback.
2: He didn't quite look like he fell into that category, but we shall see. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she's up to. But anyway, okay, well, thank you so much for that. Let's see. I guess we can... You want to take a quick break before we get to the kiss list? Because i got a list.
1: No, we can go right to it. You Maybe ready? Y'all want
2: to. Oh, okay. I'm ready.
1: The kiss list is a list that comes out of all the people that showed they butt over the last week or two or a month or two or some people on the permanent kiss it list.
5: The mm-hmm.
1: you know, permanent kiss list is people like Donald Trump, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene.
2: Yeah.
1: Who's the Speaker of the House? What his name? Mitch uh, McConnell. No, Kevin
2: missed, McCarthy.
1: Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell. You, yeah, you can take them both, both of them. Yeah. You know, then you got your boy from South Carolina. Senator, what's his name?
2: Lindsey Graham.
1: Uh, I think he's gay. He's not telling anybody, but I, I think he's, yeah. he's gay.
2: And uh, don't forget uh, Ron DeSantis.
1: Oh, yeah, your boy.
2: He's on the list permanently.
1: And the one who lies all the time. What's his name? Uh, oh, yeah. Santos.
2: Yeah, Santos.
1: Mm-hmm. From Those York. are people that are on the permanent kissing list, but then we have people that are, you know, They're
5: weekly the
2: contenders.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, the first one I have is a company called Studies Weekly. They produce school curriculums. They're a publisher of school curriculums. They serve about 45,000 schools across the country. Well, this company, Studies Weekly, has succumbed to the pressure of Ron DeSantis, and they have removed Rosa Parks' uh, race from the curriculum in these in their book. So where it used to say she's an African American, now it just says a, a woman of color. And I'm like, well, what? Is yeah. that really that big of a difference? But because yeah, Ron it's DeSantis a, big because of a woman. pushing... Well, no, I'm saying that for them, They're doing this to to give in to Ron DeSantis, this whole thing about making sure that there's nothing that could look like or feel or smell like uh, critical race theory. So instead of saying she's a black woman or an African-American woman, they try to water it down by saying a woman of color or a person of color. And I'm like, you know what? Y'all going on the kids' that list for this. I mean, this is just getting ridiculous. I don't
1: like that term because when you say people of color, it's a real distinct difference between if, if, when you're black, you're black. Black is an attitude, in my opinion, not a color. It's attitude it's a personality, and it's a universal situation where, you know, the, the conglomerates of what we are as people is just a, a rhythm nation.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And other motherfuckers, they could be... Middle Eastern and all that, they don't yeah. represent the same shit black. But they only want to be associated with sometimes. You can go buy from people of color. Yeah, I've seen Africans to be acting all snotty and stuck up and yeah. shit, you know? So but the
2: point being that they have basically kowtowed to Ron DeSantis' policy
1: yeah.
2: of trying to make sure it doesn't sound too black, that it might be CRT. Because they're looking at 45,000 schools. They're not trying to lose that money. So I'm like, y'all on the kiss it list, because that's some watered-down bullcrap. Yeah. Also, I've got, I don't know the man's name, but the white man who sat behind Vice President Kamala Harris at the Howard basketball game oh, really? the other day, this man was sitting behind her, sniffing her. And first of all, I'm trying to understand, if she, she's the vice president, where was security be that close, that, eh? that man could get that close? And there's photographs of him circulating. So where was she, like
1: on the bleachers of them?
2: I guess. She was sitting there at the game, Come and on. this white guy is leaning up, almost nose to her shoulder,
1: Come on, Kamala, Kamala.
5: inhaling
2: her. I'm like, what kind of freaky mess, and where was security? So that whole situation, why security wasn't around her and why this man is trying to smell her, <laughs> there's some crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, I didn't even my first time hearing about that.
2: Oh, yeah, you can look it up. Uh, You already mentioned Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, she made, as usual, every week, every time she opens her mouth, she says something ignorant. But she made a comment about Ukraine not being in Europe, something about Putin Putin didn't do anything to invade Europe or anywhere in Europe. It's like, uh, do you realize that Ukraine is in Europe? That's why she needs to just stop talking. Um,
5: yeah
2: I'm also including Three former Mental health people uh, Workers And uh, This was in Virginia Back to Virginia And the sev- seven sheriff deputies That were involved in the death Of Ervo At- Atieno uh, He died in their In their care I guess you would say Um He was having a mental health situation. They called for help. The sheriffs came in and these seven sheriffs ended up basically smothering him. They piled on top of him and had him down on the ground. He couldn't breathe and he ended up dying. And the mental health people from the facility, I guess they did nothing to prevent or stop it. So all of them are now, the 10 of them are facing charges for that. Um, Senator Dan Sullivan, uh, who introduced the bill on trying to ban affirmative action. I've got Judge Richard Gardner. That's the judge that pulled up that slave, uh, uh, that law, slavery law, that had to do with uh, frozen embryos, again, in Virginia. <laughs> I tell you, Virginia is also a hook. Uh, president of France, President Macron. He pushed through a new retirement age to bump it from 62 to 64 without a vote, and the people are pissed. If you've seen it on the news, Paris is on fire. People are in the streets burning stuff, destroying stuff, protesting. They're upset, and I don't blame them. They didn't even get a chance to vote on whether, you know, how they felt about this He did it for whatever financial reasons or something. So he just upped the retirement age, and people in France ain't feeling it. They say, why we got to work two more years? You're trying to secure the future of those coming behind us, but you're putting the burden on us. We want to go home. We want to retire. So that's why if you see it on the news, that's why Paris is on fire crazy Mm -hmm. oh and the trash people are on strike for I don't know what the reason behind all that so there's a bunch of trash that's laying around in Paris and of course the protesters Mm -hmm. are burning all the trash so it's a mess oh wow so if you were planning on going to Paris anytime soon don't Uh, Bethany Mandel this woman is the author of a book where she referenced several times about being woke well, she got interviewed by a black woman who, who said, "Yeah, you reference uh, wokeness a few times in your book. Uh, could you explain to me exactly what what is wokeness? What does that mean?" And this woman couldn't explain it. She stumbled and, and was like, uh, "Well, uh, you know, it's a little hard to describe. It. Uh, uh, I mean, I. I uh, well, yeah. Uh, uh, uh.
0: Oh so, boy.
2: Yeah, she looked real stupid after that." And uh, the Lacoste family yeah. keeping that was keeping that twenty-two pound rat as a pet. Mm. And the last one I've got is Mr. De- Devorat, who drove his car through the fence and onto the tarmac at the airport. I don't know what was wrong with him, but huh, that's all I got. Mm.
1: Aaron Rodgers on there,
2: too. Oh yes, yes, yes. Aaron Rodgers.
1: Holding people hostage at thirty nine years old. Like we give a damn where are you gonna play football next year, really?
2: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anybody else? That's all I got. Okay. Well, let's see. So everybody I still feel like I'm missing somebody. Did you say Trump? Yeah, you said. Make good. So everybody on this week's Kiss It List, we have a special present for them and here it is Kiss my in I kiss my
0: eye
2: with You better kiss my eye with This world kiss my ass
1: kiss my ass you can die. All right, welcome back with John Party One Hills Papa D. I'm your kettle.
3: Hello. And red
2: wine. I'm Suai, darling. It's <laughs> time for the last word. <laughs> it's time for the last word. Papa Dee, I'll go to you first. What's your last word for tonight?
1: My last word tonight is, uh, like I started the show with, total inclusion. <laughs> You know, bring the black man back in the in the mix. Bring him back in. You're gonna need him. Cause when you get up there and you got all one gender looking at each other, you're gonna need something different. And when you see the white man up in there, you're gonna be like, damn. You ever see the group pictures? And when you see like law firm or such such such, and all the people waving. And the first thing you look for is the color color scheme of everybody in there. And I just think that having a bunch of white folks and women don't represent shit. It does not put another opinion in the room. If you don't have an opinion of at least one black man in the room, then what the fuck? Like we don't have no particular place in this world? Shit. Okay, don't find out too late. Think about your daddies, okay? Okay. If you love your daddy, think about your daddy and what he meant to you. Anyway.
2: That's my last word. All right. Uh, Let's see. Hear me. My my last word is like that case uh, where the family had their five children taken all because of a bullcrap traffic stop. We got to be careful out here, especially when you're traveling, going through places you're not familiar with. You got to be careful. Mm -hmm. That's all I could say. Just be careful. Watch where you're going. Try not to do anything that attracts attention if you can, because this stuff is either deadly or, like I said, hazardous. You know, this family now is trying to get their kids back for a month. This is insanity. Fortunately, they didn't get killed, but you you don't have your family. That's not right. So just be careful out here when you're on the road. Try to stay out of trouble, you know, like your parents used to say. Keep your nose clean. That's about all we can do. That's my last word. Keep your nose clean. What's your last word, Kim?
3: My last word is, um, I'm going to write on uh, Papa Didi. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the black man or the black youth is has not been... Up there, prevalent or pushed up because I think there's not enough black leaders, and you know a lot of black male leaders would help bring up the next generation. And I don't think there's enough of that. It's just um, I think that would help um, mentors, leaders, however you want to call them. Um, you know, just like the, the the thing what you said about Lamar Jack, he has no no role model or leader. This is Mama, you know, and his sister. It's because his father passed at an early age, so you know, just that weapon race, So <laughs> that's all he knows. So he he, he needs some other um, black male influences in his life, and I think um that would help all the way around. We don't see enough of that. There are a lot of older leaders like the Rev, and you know all of that, but they about to do out. So we we need some more younger black leaders to help pull up the young, younger generation.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. That's a good point. And because we have, you look at different people like uh, uh, Michelle Obama, everything she mm-hmm. does is women, 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 girls, 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 right? Mm-hmm. She says it very Same blatantly. She got commercials. And it's, to me it's such yeah, a – such, her a, focus. But, it, but it's such a disconnect. Mm-hmm. You have two daughters, so that was your focus with that, but you're you're not – you can't, what are you doing about your best girlfriend that got two sons? You know what I mean? You, you, you're you leaving them in the dark. And that's just my opinion. Don't beat me up. I'm just a messenger, so don't, don't shoot blanks. Don't shoot real bullets.
2: <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Anyway. All right, well, uh, that that's, that's all we got. That's all, folks. Uh, other than that, other than that. <laughs> That's it. We gonna say good night and uh, get on out of here. Thanks
1: for listening. Uh, every Friday night, uh, nine o'clock, nine fifteen CP time. Tell a friend to bring a friend and and push that you know uh, number one uh, on your phone and say something. Even, even say hello. Don't be bashful. You know we number common folk here. You know we got on pajamas. Shit, we ain't even dress.
2: It is. We keep it mm. casual. And you can always check out our website at apajamaparty.com where you can find this and previous episodes, all the cocktails of the week, if you want to try out some of Kettle's recipes and let her know how you liked it.
1: Mm-hmm. She's so
2: got some good ones on there.
1: Well, listen to some of my past episodes where I tore into people's asses brutally and viciously.
2: Yeah, you'll find that too.
1: Yeah, but put the A in front of the pajama, dot <laughs> A pajama party.
2: That's right.
1: Every Friday night. So, uh, if right. you, oh, in the
2: podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcast from.
3: Uh, everyone. do you, every
2: you got the podcast
3: list. iTunes, yeah. Apple, yeah. Deezer, all of the above. Okay, mm-hmm.
2: Google.
1: Google us. We'll pop up. A hey, put the A in front of pajama. A pajama party. There it is. All now. right.
2: Well, we're we gonna say good night. And get on out of here. Thanks for listening and hanging out with us tonight. Have a great weekend. And uh, we'll say goodnight. Say goodnight, Papa Didi.
1: Goodnight, everybody.
2: Say goodnight, Kettle.
3: Goodnight, and happy St. Paddy's day. Eh? Mm-hmm.
2: Alright, and good night.
1: I didn't get you a great girl.
3: Ciao,
2: au mm. revoir, adios. <laughs> See ya.
0: Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, arrivederci,
5: sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you gotta go, you gotta
0: go. Well, good night. Jabiko.
1: I
3: regret
0: to announce this is the end. I'm going now.
3: Good night, and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me?
0: Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night.
3: Good night.
0: Thank you. Oh, goodbye now. Goodbye. 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 Thank you. Goodbye.
5: Thank you for attending our show and good night. <laughs>
0: i